Build Radio, Episode 2. Okay, so we know that Build is definitely in the building. Make some noise, Build! Build hope. Build life. Build solve real problems. Build future. Build solve real problems. There's a lot of gun violence in my community. I always have to be careful when I go out in the streets because, like, I never know when they're going to start shooting. Carlos was uh, 18 years old. He was gunned down when she was only 15 years old. You're not going to do this to my city. You're not going to do this to our children. We need help. We need help now. We need to stop it now. You are listening to B.O. Radio. How B.O. made me feel, made me feel like I'm in a safe haven. Like, I'm protected, I'm guarded. How do I feel about Bill? I feel like they gonna help me make it in life. It just makes me feel at home, like I have people that care about me here. I look at Bill like family, so they mean a lot to me. It make me feel like I'm smart, like I'm a part of something good instead of being a part of some violence or something bad. I feel loved when I come to Bill. Welcome to Build Radio, <laughs> a.k.a. the Build Radio Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on our special Chicago Bears episode. My name is Benji Wax, and my limited knowledge of sports will gallantly lead you through this second episode. We're excited to bring you conversations with current Bears linebacker Sam Acho, Bears chairman George McCaskey, and past Bears star cornerback and 2013 Walter Payton Man of the Year, Charles Peanut Tillman. This episode is also, however, about another football star, and we're stoked to bring you the internet debut of the saga of Terrence Jenkins, an original hip-hop in three acts, imagined, written, and co-produced by Build Youth. But first, we're going to hand things off to our music coordinator and Build Radio correspondent, Aaron Williams, who got the chance to speak with Sam Macho and George McCaskey on their visit to Build this past January. Stay tuned after for the Youth Hip Hopper, and we'll see you back in a bit. We got the chance last Martin Luther King Day to sit down for a few minutes with Chicago Bears outside linebacker Sam Acho. Joining us alongside him was also chairman of the entire Chicago Bears organization, Mr. George McCaskey. We started off asking Sam about MLK Day and his choosing to come down to build. Yeah, well, obviously this is a special weekend being MLK Day and MLK Weekend. And, uh, you know, what Dr. King did and what he stood for was uh, was unity. He stood for unity, he stood for equality. And so, uh, and he was a unifier. He himself was a unifier. And so uh, for me to be able to come down here to build with George and be able to just to hear from the community and help not even really serve, but just help like lend an ear to figure out what are ways that I can help more. Uh, that's been the biggest joy for me so far today. Many of the kids that Bill works with see being an athlete as their only escape route. As an athlete, but one that also holds multiple degrees, we asked Acho for the advice he might give to young people who see sports as one of the only ways out of poverty. You know, some people think that sports is the only way out, and I would argue the complete opposite. And, you know, I, obviously I've played sports, but I love academics. I love learning, you know. And so 
And when I went to Texas, I was in the, the business school, but I was also in the honors program. And I was a double major, business honors and marketing. And then even when I graduated in three and a half years and got ready for the combine and went to the NFL, uh, my first three off seasons were spent going back to get my MBA, right, to the Thunderbird School of Global Management. And so education, I mean, people can look at your skin color all they want, but they can't take away your brain. And so I would just continue to, you know, press into people or youth, whatever you want to call it, education, 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 because it could take you so many places that you never thought you would go. I mean, I think about my history and my background, like the school that I went to uh, from second grade all the way till my senior year in, you know, in high school. Uh, it set me up for where I'm at today. It gave me that foundation to grow. We asked Acho what it was like to get nominated for the NFL's esteemed Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, an award honoring a player's volunteer and charity work, as well as excellence on the field. Yeah, well, obviously playing in the NFL is, is great. This is my seventh year, third with the Bears, and uh, playing is fun, and I, it's like a passion of mine, right? Like, I love, I think, what else would I rather be doing? And there's not a lot on that list, right? Uh, but then to get nominated for an award like the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, there's not, you can't, what, do you, what can you compare to that? You know what I mean? Like, and especially for what we're doing, um, you know, obviously my family does work in Nigeria. I do stuff here locally in Chicago. Even when I was in Arizona, I did stuff in Arizona. Um, you know, to be able to help the people that we help, right? Because with that, with that award comes um, people donate money. People hear about what we're doing. People just learn more about the cause. To be able to help the people that we help, that's what gives me the real joy, more than recognition or more than, um, you know, on a, a plaque or an award, eventually, eventually those fade and, you know, they get lost, you know, but uh, the people that you know, life is about people, you know, I think about like, you know, God's prized possession are his people, you know what I mean? And so for me to be able to affect people brings me great joy. We turn to McCaskey and ask his thoughts on Sam getting nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Well, the significant thing there is that it's not anybody in the Bears management that, that nominates Sam. It's his teammates. Uh, they vote on the award, and I think it's a sign of the respect that Sam's teammates have for him. Um, I was just thinking um, when Sam was going through his academic uh, honors, you know, double major at the University of Texas and honors program and graduated early and I'm thinking man I just went to Arizona State <laughs> <laughs> Harvard of the Southwest yeah, right, right. <laughs> the Southwest. Um, we asked Acho what it's like to be looked up to and what such a platform and position of power means to him obviously we all want to be an inspiration right even even meeting you and seeing what you're doing with this podcast right like who knows who's looking up to you Right. And then you get you might influence someone, impact someone. This thing might grow and you'll have opportunities to talk to people like George McCaskey. Right. I never thought I'd be sitting here uh, with the chairman of the Chicago Bears. I wouldn't never my goal or plan or whatever. Right. But obviously, like I'm sitting next to a guy who decided to humble himself and say, OK, I want to make some real change. Right. This whole relationship started based on him wanting to make some real change. He said, I, I feel your pain. Right, the pain of your community. I, I don't, I haven't experienced it, but I know that there's pain there. Help me understand more. And so, from that, de we developed this—I uh, don't know if you call it—friendship, relationship, 
of just mutual learning of saying, okay, like let's try and get to the bottom of this, right? I know I've been given a platform, like you said. I know I'm not. In, I know I'm in Chicago for a reason. Obviously, George has been real. He's known that for a long time, and the stuff that he's doing in the community, in the city, people it goes unnoticed a lot of times. And so I think it's time for a lot of people in positions of influence and power, me included and George included, to step up to the plate. Maybe look to him, look to me, and uh, to, to step up to the plate and and build something greater. We asked Chairman McCaskey what made him decide to come to build and what advice he has for young people who want to make something of themselves. Uh, I said uh, to Sam, uh, hey, our community relations department says that uh, you're going to do something on King Day. Um, uh, what are you doing? And he told me, and I said, I-, I would love to be there. And he said, great, we'd love to have you. So um, appreciate the invitation from Sam. And uh, I thought he said it very well earlier, education. Um, stay in school. Um, thrive educationally. And, and that, that'll take you places. Alrighty, we're back in the studio. We want to give just such a big thank you to Sam Acho and George McCaskey for coming out and hanging out with us here down at Block 51. Uh, to George McCaskey, you know, it says a lot about you when you're overseeing a $3 billion sports franchise to come hang out with some kids on the west side for a minute and see what's going on outside the Ivory Stadium. So it meant a lot to us, and we're, we're so, so happy that we got to spend that time with them. Uh, moving forward, we're super excited, and we've been teasing this for quite a while to finally present the first part of the saga of Terrence Jenkins, the youth-written and majority youth-performed original hip-hopera. First, let's listen to a quick clip of music coordinator Aaron Williams giving us a little bit of a rundown on how the project came to be. So one kid said uh, he plays football. One kid said, okay, he goes to... He got a friend who does drugs, and the guy told him that he should make some money because his mom was struggling on drugs. Dad was never there, so let's do that. And I said, why are you guys picking this? He's like, because a lot of us can relate to that. A lot of us go through that. And it saddened me, but at the same time it inspired me because a lot of kids are quiet about that, and they let their emotions come out, sometimes in a way that you wouldn't expect. So this caught me off guard because I was like, wow, so you guys want to take something that has been holding you back, but you want to take it and use it so people can be aware of what's going on. That is what inspired me. And as days went by, as we were creating this structure, in just under a month, they created a story that can hit a lot of hearts. Now, without further ado, we present a chronicle of the temptation and dangerously seductive power of the streets. Part one. The Struggle of Terrence Jenkins. Drugs and money, that's all I had. Mama and daddy did me dirt, that's kinda sad. Always on my grind, never wasted time. I'm at the top. Well, it's mine, drugs and money. That's all I had. Mama, daddy did me dirty. That's kind of sad. 
Always on my grind, never waste a time. I'm at the top. Well, it's mine. Grind time, time to make that money shine. 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 I started off with a struggle, bought out of school. Daddy didn't love me, it was cool. But I had a friend, he thought I was a fool. Then I got the best, nobody told me what to do. I kicked up the house, mama told me gotta go. Stay in the coat, didn't have no coat. Started selling dope, started getting hope. Started getting money, I didn't go to school no more. I got a lot of money, all the girls wanted me. But I never went to school, so they called me a dummy. I stayed to my lonely, I didn't have no homie. But my sister and my mama only. Get back to my grind. Thought it was my time, almost got shot, but I was all fine. I tried to come back with a crime, but I had to think about life in jail time. Drugs and money, that's all I had. Mama, daddy did me dirty, that's kind of sad. Always on my grind, never waste time, I'm at the top. Call is mine, drugs and money, that's all I had. Mama, daddy did me dirty, that's kind of sad. Always on my grind, never waste time, I'm at the top. Well, it's mine. Grind time, trying to make that money shine. 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 Put your hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back. All rise. District court is now in session. happened to me. I loved you, TJ. I had high hopes. I thought you would succeed and achieve your dreams, not sell dope in the streets. I know it was hard because mom was on drugs and daddy was gone, but the way you played football, we should have been able to leave. But now, I've been shot trying to save your life. I love you, brother. But now, I have to go. Just know that I'll always be there with you. A powerful introduction to a story too often told. Now we've got part two coming up in a little bit, but before that, we're excited to bring you our interview with the man, the myth, the legend, Charles Peanut Tillman. This interview is led by one of our Build Radio youth correspondents, Daquan. And in it, we talked to Tillman about Chicago, the youth violence crisis, the role sports can play in becoming a man, and what getting drafted to the NFL feels like. And much, much more. Stay tuned, and we'll be back with more of the hip-hopper in a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
masters of the midway Knocking teams out every Sunday Fire in our eyes, can't stop our drive It's so hard, remind you of 85 We the best monsters of the midway Knocking teams out every Sunday Fire in our eyes, can't stop our drive It's so hard, remind you of 85 What's up, Peanut? What's up, what's up? <laughs> Alright, so, you know I got a quick question for you, alright? Shoot, I might have uh, a quick answer for you Alright, so Number one, uh, what do you think about Chicago? Like, what's like your overall view of Chicago? That's number one. And number two, what do you think we can do, or what Bill can do, to go prevent the violence inside this community or around the Chicago area? Build in the city, right? right. Or, yeah, or build in the city. Yeah. So, uh, question number one: um, What do I think about Chicago? I, I think Chicago is a great city. With a tremendous amount of culture, uh, the villages, the the neighborhoods, the the history, the art, the music, um, the food. Uh, I mean, what's not the 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 food, the plays, the just just everything. The 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 beachfront, the shore, Lakeshore Drive, like all those are historic places. And Chicago has a lot to offer. It really is a beautiful city. I think it's the best city in the world, definitely in the summertime. You know, X out winter, you know, December through March. Food, Can't food, stand food. it. But, like, in the summertime, there isn't a better place out there. And I've been to a lot of cities. I've been to a lot of Chicago is the best. And I'm not saying that because I live here. I'm not biased. <laughs> like, I'm truly, I have traveled out of this country. I've been to other cities. And there's, there's no city out there like Chicago in the summertime. Exactly. You know, it's 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 beautiful. Uh question two, how can Chicago and build uh change is, is that change, what? like how can shop, uh how can we build and other uh people that live inside the community right. stop the violence around here? Like, what well, you know what? I think it I think it you have to take the first step within your community. So I I, I think the Austin community, this neighborhood itself is has taken that first step which is respect life and and what does respect life mean you know and don't just talk about it but be about it and i think uh the commissioner said it best like the youth you guys you guys have a voice it's not just stand and listen to what the old folks say you guys have a voice and your voice is more powerful than you think you're a leader you might not think you're a leader or you might not think you're a role model but people are watching you People, it might be two or three people listening to this, but they listen to what you're saying. You have the power to dictate the narrative of what build can be, of what this neighborhood and what this community can be. So I, I, I think you guys taking to the airways with the podcast, respect life. You know what respect life means to me? I'm giving you respect. You show me respect. And if we have a disagreement, we talk it out. I don't need to go pick up a gun or go get my friend. We're going to talk this out like some grown men. Right. You know, and more importantly, I, I think we need to teach. We need to mentor. You know, I, I think a lot of kids and a lot of these communities, they don't they don't know better. It's just a generational curse. Well, their cousin did it or their dad did it or their uncle did it. It's just something that's just learned and generational ancestor, so on and so forth. Like, well, he went to prisons and he didn't graduate. He dropped out. So. I guess that's my fate. That's my future. And we, we at, at some point, we have to break that line. And we got to get these young kids early 
you know, 17, 18, it's, it's too late. You know, you got to get these kids at like 10 years old and we got to teach these young brother. They, they got to conduct themselves like gentlemen and not thugs. sure you know that you're a positive role model you're a mentor to all the young kids out there and uh best believe we we really appreciate you coming on here i mean i mean you got a lot of people out there that's actually believes in whatever you say that actually believes in you so i mean like you're my like my role model now so i, I, look I appreciate up that the power right. of the tongue goes a long way the tongue has the power of life and death and um Words words can pierce the skin. Words can be hurtful, but they can also bring moments of joyfulness and, and happiness. And you know, it, it's it's just about speaking and 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 speaking to that truth and going out and and not just talking about it, but being about it. And that's what I like. Um, what Build has done. You guys have been here for almost half a century, and you you guys are doing some good work. So, so for like kids growing up in communities such as this, I guess, you know, we're, we're, kids are lucky, the ones that take the opportunity that BUILD gives for some after school programming. And, you know, similarly, I see, you know, sports playing a role in your life, keeping you on a, you know, a straight track to success right. kind of. Can you talk a little bit about growing up and the role that sports played in your life as far as keeping you on that, that path and, yeah, and so growing as a man? And, sports and and really, sports saved me. And I'd, I'd say sports saved me because... When I was in high school, my parents, um, they were getting a divorce, and sports is, was kind of like my outlet. I, I, it was my after-school program. It's what kept me um, off the street. Now, I didn't live in like a, a city like Chicago. I was in a small country town in Texas, but, I mean, I could have easily gotten off the path and started with experimenting with drugs and running with the wrong crowd and committing all types of violence within my little town, but... Football was the probably the one constant, or sports in general, was the one constant that it challenged me to be competitive and it challenged me to give more of myself and rely on other people, how to work as a team player, how to compete, you know, how to lift weights. Well, I don't really feel like lifting weights. Well, I had to learn how to push myself and do things that I wasn't comfortable doing. And, you know, football, basketball, track, it, it really taught me – how to work hard and like I said sports it, it it kept me grounded it really did I wanted to ask you like based on like you're coming from you said you lived in Texas right correct so coming from Texas mm -hmm. all right going getting drafted and this to all the young people that want to be NFL players right whatever they want to be right what was the transition how was how did it feel what like to let it let them know let everybody know so the draft day the preparation it's not necessarily the, the funnest i mean because you know i graduated in december of 02 and then like three days later i moved to houston and i was i mean six hours a day i was just running lifting weights six days a week 
And that was all I did was to I was preparing for the combine. And after the combine, I had my my pro days at my high or at my university in Lafayette, Louisiana. And then after that, it's just you're just working out every single day and you're in the best shape of your life. And then the draft comes. Nobody knows maybe the the, the top two picks, top three, top five. They kind of know where they're going to go. But me, I wasn't a top two, top three pick. So I had no idea where I was going to go. So you're. It's excitement, but at the same time, just like, I just hope I get a phone call. I don't want to sit around and wait for this phone to ring, and then two days of draft picks go, and I don't get that phone call. Like, I don't want to be unrestricted free agent, or, yeah, I just want to get a phone call. So the draft goes, and the first round happens, and it's the start of the second round. I'm thinking I'm going somewhere in the third, and I get a phone call. My stepmom picks up the phone, and I had, I was, like, super small, like, just friends and majority family was at the house. And, you know, the phone rings. My stepmom gets the phone. She tells me, shut up, shut up. <laughs> and I I look over and it's Robin Wilkie from the Chicago, you know, assistant general manager or his assistant. She's like, Charles Tillman, please hold for G- general manager Jerry Angela. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> and a lot of teams are notorious for calling you and then they hang up. And then another team might call you. So I didn't get my hopes up. I was just like, okay, okay, trying to play it cool. And he says, hey, how you doing? I'm the general manager, Jerry Angelo. You know, how do you feel? I feel healthy. Uh, Are you sure? Yes, sir. Are you positive? Yes, sir. Well, congratulations. We're going to take you with our next pick. You're a Chicago Bear. And you're just like, son of a buck. (laughs) And you, in that moment, I thought about all the sprints, all the suicides, all the gassers, the bear crawls, the extra route running, the the push-ups, the the bear, the, the squats, like all the work that I did in high school, all the work that I did in college, and up until that point, my draft prep. I thought about all that, and the significant thing was it was a process. It didn't happen overnight. It wasn't quick success. It was like a 10-year process. process. You know, I had a 10-year plan and and it worked. You know, and it I was I was very grateful um I was grateful for all the hard work that I put in and you know, I I played it cool. He said that. I didn't get too ex- I was excited, but I I tried not to show it. And then you hear the Doom, 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 and it, it says current selection, and it says current selection, and it fl- I never forget this, and it'll flash. It goes current selection, flash a couple times, and it says Chicago Bears, and then it says Chicago Bears, 35th picks, Chicago Bears, slash Charles Tillman, Louisiana Lafayette, and my entire house just <laughs> erupted, and I was just like, oh, my God, I've been drafted 35th. Now, I only won six games in college, right? <laughs> six right. Games. games. Now, I'm a DB from a small Division One school that I've only won six games in. I mean, I went before a bunch of SEC, ACC, Pac. It was Pac-10 back in the day. So, Pac-10, like all these colleges, like I'm the 35th player taken which is unheard of because nobody knew who I was. You know what I'm saying? And I'm so grateful for Chris Ballard, my scout, who found me in Lafayette, Louisiana, who fought for me and fought or basically pleaded with Jerry Angelo to take me 35th pick overall. And now um, Ballard 
Chris Ballard, he's the general manager in his first year in Indianapolis, and I'm excited for him because he knows how to spot talent. I was the diamond in the rough, and I'm so, so glad it, it, it all worked out for me. All right, so um, that's a long answer. Sorry, so he's all right. So there's only one way to tell that story. Like you got, you got to get the people what the you got to. Yeah, you 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 can't tell it. You can't. You got to go full. All right, all so way. look. Now look. Uh, if a kid came up to you right now, all right, we're gonna take this off to sports for a second. If a okay. kid came up to you right now, just you walking down the hall, and then they just said, "Hey, like peanut, peanut, peanut." They say, "What do I need to do?" In order to get be like you, all right. What was your one, number one thing to, to say, like based off of school related, kind of? Have a backup plan. <laughs> Have a backup plan. I mean, the the chances of making it to the NFL are like point zero, like zero point zero zero two. It's like less than one percent. Very very difficult. I mean, look at all the people that play football. All the kids in high school. All the kids in college. There's tens of thousands of kids. They only draft 262 players every single year. Okay. And then once you get drafted, you still have to make the team. There's no guarantee that you're going to make the team. Draft picks get cut all the time. All right. Have a backup plan. Exactly. You know, I, I went to school. I graduated in three and a half years. And then once I played football, I knew I needed to do something else after football. You know, I knew I couldn't play forever. I got a master's degree. So I'm just – I was always a guy who – I didn't want to just be known for football. Like I'm, I feel like I'm personally not better than football, but I'm not just a football player. I'm, I'm Charles Tillman who happens to play football. You know, I was right. smart before I played football. Taught me some things, but I know more than just X's and O's. You know, I know a little bit about politics. I know a little bit about <laughs> emergency management. I know a little bit about criminal justice. I know a little bit. You know, what I'm saying like I'm, I that's I don't want to fall in the stereotype of the dumb jock you know i never wanted to be labeled as a as a dumb jock i wanted to be like oh he's a jock but he's smart man he's smart too like he got his degree in three and a half he did this he did that and it's hard to it's hard to be a student athlete like you have to especially in college you're traveling you have to do more work like yeah man it's it's definitely a lot harder i don't i don't think your average student can be a student athlete it takes a special kind of person to be a student athlete Up next, we've got part two, the incarceration of Terrence Jenkins. Stick around for more from Peanut Tillman as we play a little bit of word association. Stay tuned. about the other things. I see you going fine life. But you I know is guaranteed. I pray every night that you make it home all in a piece. So let this message stick to you. For you I would do anything. Change what you do. If not for you, do it for me.
Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from an inmate at Florida Correctional Institution. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept charges, press 1. To refuse charges, thank you for using T-Medics. You may start the conversation now. Love is a catastrophe. But you, TJ, you were my masterpiece. I let the dope master me, but now I wish you would come back to me. Please come back and laugh with me. At all the moments we've shared, all the fights you've ever had with me. At all the burdens we bear, at our love, at our catastrophe. When you were in my womb, TJ, you used to kick and thrust and battle me. But Daddy and I, we weren't ready to have you, T. I can't explain the emotional and financial toll your birth had on me. Postpartum depression struck the moment you came out of me. I'm sorry. But I tried. I tried and I tried and I tried to provide, but the money was low and the rent was high and my children were starving, so I asked God why. But all I got was your stomach growling in reply. And all I heard was you and your sister cry. I couldn't stand the pain, so I just got high. My love is a catastrophe. But love for dope mastered me. My love put you in jail. Oh, please, please come back to me. Please come back and see all the things you have to be, all the things I couldn't be. Please come back and play football. I know I only ever came to one game, but DJ, no one in the world can play like you played. When you held that ball, you were a sculptor. When you ran, you painted the field with your feet. When the crowd cheered for you, it was music. Your heart beat like a bombo drum. You were a masterpiece. I don't remember if you lost or if you won. My eyes were glassed over, I couldn't see. I let the drugs master me. My addiction is a catastrophe. My life is a catastrophe. My love is a catastrophe. But DJ, you're a masterpiece. You taught me how to make art from pain, to learn to dance in our rain, to make collages out of the broken pieces of our heart to be loved, to be joy, to turn our catastrophe into a masterpiece. Don't walk in these footsteps after me. Your sister's in a casket, please. My love is in a casket, please. Please come back to me. What do I do now? I want to go the extra mile. I want to be on the field again. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Even with her in front of me, the street life still hurts for me. My dad doesn't deserve parent of the year. I feel like I just met him last week. But how can I be fooled of someone who was never there to begin with? I run, I work, I read, I breathe. I fight, I strive, I conquer. I must survive this. I will survive this. And you're listening to Build Radio.
Build has been engaging and empowering since 1969, but we have miles to go before we can sleep. Too many young kids are losing their lives to gun violence, and that needs to stop. Build's impactful programming was one of the first in the city to reach kids already in gangs, but we also work heavily to prevent joining in the first place. Every new friend we make, every new listener, every donor makes a difference. It makes the foundation that so many rely on that much stronger. Don't just sit and sigh every time you hear a headline. Don't just shake your head. Join us in being a part of the solution. Find out more and donate at buildchicago.org. Said that you want to know, like, since you don't live out here in the streets, like, like around here. Yeah. I mean, I can give you, like, you know, a couple things that you probably that I see. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, what? Drugs. People running around here shooting people. Gunshots at night. Um, let's see what else. Uh, robberies. Um, Grand Theft Auto. You see all that around here inside these streets around here, and like it, and that's inside the Austin neighborhood, almost exact. Yeah. But um, I want to get to you. I want to like get you on this one thing. All right. So we're gonna play some a game. All right, kind of. <laughs> we're gonna play a game. All okay. right. So I'm gonna give you a word. All right, and you're gonna tell me like what you think about it. All right. And I'm sorry, give like what five, four words, maybe four words. All right. So gun. How about you do what you think Respond. first? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so gun. Hurts people. Uh can kill you. Mm -hmm. Can injure you seriously. Injure you bad. Uh can paralyze you. Mm -hmm. And let me see. Um so some... you think like what we were talking about the other day as far as like what that power means to an individual. Oh know? yeah. And uh power. I mean like yeah, kinda like the power, Security, yeah. Security, sort of. Yeah. Uh well, basically, people use, I mean, like, gun mm -hmm. is, like, kind of can equal to power. Yeah, it does. Money. Yeah. Power. Girls. Everybody, if you're a gang, if you're a gang lord. Yeah, yeah. It's money, guns, girls. I mean, guns brings you security, mm -hmm. power. Protection. You, protection, yeah. yes. It gives you anything you want, mm -hmm. right? If someone if someone come, if someone with a gun comes up to you, hey, I like that hat. Give it to me. All right, what you gonna do? Take that hat off, right? Here you go. All right, that's power. Yeah. I mean, they with a gun, you can do anything you want. It's about respect. And you're right. It's about respect. If you respect everyone, this world could be peaceful. Yeah. Right? So, the the one word I would use if we're playing word association, I think that's right. what we should call yeah. it. Is word association. I think I would say respect. Respect. You know, I I think you can own a gun and still have respect. Meaning, you can take your gun. If you're a, an outdoorsman and you like to hunt, you like to go to the range and shoot long distance, you like to skeet shoot, you like to trap shoot, you like to pheasant hunt, quail hunt, do some hog hunting, deer hunting, um, you know, those are things that I've done with guns. Okay. You know, and in a sense, they're fun when you use them and you respect them the right way. I'm not walking around with my <laughs> with a gun in my car looking to 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 shoot anybody. I'm looking to use my gun on the on the field.
excuse me, when I say field, I meant like hunting, uh, trap shooting, skeet shooting. That's what I mean when I let me clarify that when I when I say the field. <laughs> um, so let's say um, let's give you one more um, education. Education. Can I, wait, can I ask what what you get your degree in? Uh, criminal justice. Oh, nice, nice. That's the degree. Uh, emergency management. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Emergency management. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, education. Um. Power. There we go. Power. There we go. That's, that's, education that's takes you a long way. Yeah, you know, I look at the commissioner. He, you know, everyone knows Inglewood is. It's it's a rough. It's a tough neighborhood to grow up in. But you know, he he took his education. I think that education has gotten him power. Being the commissioner, he has pull. He can. Make things happen. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and his education has taken him that far. He didn't get that job just from not uh, not knowing anything. Now, you can also have education without actually having a degree. I prefer you have that degree behind your name to get the power, but you can also have some education without actually having a diploma or a certificate. And that's something people don't understand. People don't understand. Yeah. You need you that know. piece of paper, but it's like, you know, just read books. Yeah. That's all you need. That's power. Books, yeah. And that's so yeah. Power. yeah. And as, a, as, I, as I've gotten older, I've started to read more. And I just feel, I feel smarter because I have experienced, my, I'm just using more of my brain, just retaining so much information. Like, wow, I never knew that. Just different perspectives on life. I'm reading a book right now called... Just Mercy, and it's about a, um, a a lawyer, black guy from Alabama who goes to Harvard, goes to law school, and he represents the poorest of the poor, you know, on death row. And he gets people exonerated off of death row who have been imprisoned um, for crimes that they hadn't commit. And just listening to his stories and giving his perspective on life and how we all should have mercy for every everybody. You know, there, there are plenty of people that grow up and they live and they live in this system and then they get out of the system, been in foster care their whole life, molested, abused, whatnot, and then they get out at 18 and then they get no money, they get no support, they get no mentorship, they get nothing. And then you expect that person to right. to go out and be successful. Yeah. Well, we haven't set them up for success. So how do you expect that person to be successful? And then they go out and... You know, they get into drugs, they they get into uh, gangs or whatever because that's the family. And they they ended up committing a crime, or and 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 you want to blame that person and send them away forever. Like they're you know just hearing his version, and you know he's dealt with many people uh, or clients, I should Is it say. Nonfiction? No, it's uh, yeah, yeah, nonfiction. Okay, I was cool, gonna say, cool. it's, yeah, it's nonfiction. I mean, just just uh, um, two chapters left, but it's been an amazing book i was actually supposed to be here at four but i was in my car <laughs> just finished yeah. trying to read you yeah. know because it's, it's a page turn uh -huh. man so i got i gotta find a new book to read you got any last words yeah my all right and uh you know man i really really we real we really appreciate you coming in and uh sitting with us and taking your time out of your busy day and coming to talk to us and uh, being in on our talk show, and hopefully, hopefully we can get you back here. Yeah, someone. definitely. And what's all the right. what's the your the website for your foundation? Is it just CharlesTillman.org? Okay, cool. All right, everybody, go check that out. All right. Now we know you've been sitting on the edge of your seats. 
Of course, thinking, whoa, that's super cool. Charles Tillman and Sam Acho, these pro football players and real smart dudes coming down and spending some time at Build. But what about Terrence Jenkins? What about TJ? What happens to him? Does he get out of prison? Does he go back to street life? Does the gang that almost killed him finish the job? Well, wonder no further. And wonder no further about what I'd sound like as a high school football commentator, which was actually my other uh, choice of job before I decided to go work for Build. Um, so this worked out just perfectly. Um, got to do both, you know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, enjoy our finale. Part three, the rise of Terrence Jenkins. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's been an awesome game so far. Less than two minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Mustangs down by only a touchdown. Star Terrence Jenkins has had a wonderful game. Six touchdowns total. Oh, timeout on the field, timeout on the field. I can only imagine what Terrence is thinking right now. He dedicates this game to his sister that passed away, to his mother who's been through so much. So far, he's done a phenomenal job. Young prospect, Terrence Jenkins. Right there, back in, and they hike the ball. First down, first down, first down. Terrence Jenkins with the amazing run through for the first down. There's only 10 seconds left in the game. What will Terrence do? What will his teammates do? What will the Mustangs do to get this win and take the championship? What are they willing to go through? What are they willing to sacrifice to win this game? With all the turmoil, the things this man, his team, his family has gone through, is he going to win this game? Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, oh, it's over. It's over. The Mustangs win the championship. Mustangs win. Oh, my. Terrence Jenkins, MVP with that Hail Mary touchdown pass reception. What a, I have never seen anything like that in all my years of high school football commentating. Holy, that, you're gonna see that on the internet tomorrow, folks. Game over. Mustangs win the championship. Good morning, Chicago. I'm Jonathan Brown. Today we are listening to the friends and family of Terrence Jenkins, a young man with a touching story and a real-life testament to how the realities of trauma, when paired with tenacity, can transcend into a miracle story. Here we have classmate Keyshawn Robinson and neighbor Mariah Crosby. Can you tell us about your relationship with Terrence? Well, we met in the eighth grade. Terrence was always the most energetic one in the class, always winning student of the week. His grades were in the top of the class. Never knew he was hiding all of those troubles at home, though, yo. His humility and success in spite of all of that is real inspiring. I used to share lunch with him for days at a time. When I found out his mom was on drugs, it all made sense to me. Whenever we wrote essays about our biggest inspiration, Terrence would say the streets. It got hard to be friends with him at times, so I stopped hanging around him in the neighborhood. When he got out of jail, there was something different about him, 
a real noticeable change. He was like the Terrence we knew before he started hustling in the streets. Thank you, Keyshawn and Mariah. Now with us is McKinley High Mustang senior wide receiver Terrence Jenkins, the young man behind the miracle catch that went viral on the internet Friday night. <laughs> Thanks for coming in today, Terrence. Word on the street is you really turned your life around to get here. Can you tell us a little bit about your struggle and how you got to where you are now? Man, growing up, I didn't have the best childhood. My mom got addicted to drugs when I was just still a baby because of depression. My dad left us pretty early on. It was tough growing up with a single mother, one who could barely control herself, much less me and my sister. I went to school one day and met this girl who became a real good friend of mine. Man, she just introduced me to this dude who knew how to get money, like, really fast. And because I really need the money, why not help my family? I started selling drugs with him and his crew. Eventually, I started doing these same drugs. My other friends started to notice and tried to get me to get it together. But I didn't listen. I kept making money and getting high. Not long later, I was walking with my sister. I had a lot of money on me and a bunch of projects in my bag. We got ambushed by a rival gang. She tried to protect me. I think she thought they wouldn't shoot at a girl, and maybe they wasn't trying to, but she got hit anyways. And by the time the cops came, she already passed away. I didn't try to run. I knew they'd been looking for me anyway. I was tired of running. I spent the next two years in jail. My time locked up helped me put things into perspective. I knew when I got out, I need to get my life together. I thought about my sister, what she wished for me. I need to get back on that field. Do either of you have anything you want to say to Terrence? I always view you as an inspirational person, man because you were going through a lot, but always stayed strong. Always imagine you being in the NFL someday, making all of us who knew you proud. Until then, I'm so happy to see you graduating after everything. I'm so proud of you, brother. As a young man in my class, Terrence, he was always a good and attentive student who asked for help when he needed it. He, he lost his way for a little bit, but his determination and focus upon returning has truly been a sight to see. I feel so blessed to witness and be a part of his growth as a young man and to something I can truly say without a shadow of a doubt reflects the values and missions of the school. And to be honest, I cannot wait to see where his bright future will take him. Being valedictorian is the best reward I can imagine. Never once growing up did I think I would make it here to graduation day, much less to this special podium. There are some people I would like to thank. 
my dearly missed late sister, my friends, my teachers, my mom. My mom has been through a lot as I've grown up, but I want to thank her for not giving up when times got tough. She taught me that with effort and perseverance, you can get through almost anything in life. My mom was addicted to drugs for many years. After struggling with quitting most of my life, when my sister passed away, she finally went to rehab. She knew is what my sister would have wanted. My mom was finally determined to get clean. And when she did, it taught me to never give up and strive for the best. The one thing I can say life has taught me is that you will make mistakes, from the streets and to jail, to winning championships and being chosen as valedictorian. I learned that you should never, ever let your mistakes define you. Success is always built on pillars of failure. So thank you to everyone who's been in my corner and helped me get to this place I am today. I want to dedicate this all to my sister, who always believed in me and knew I can do better than what I was doing. Sis, this is for you, but I want you to know I finally want it for me too. McKinley High, class of 2018, let us live up to the best version of ourselves and be the change in the world that we want to see. Congratulations and best wishes. It's time to make that money shine. folks the saga of terrence jenkins thanks so much for sticking around and showing your support we hope you enjoyed episode two the hip-hop and our conversations with sam macho and peanut tillman i had a fun time and i really hope you guys did as well i'd be remiss though to not paint the full picture behind the ending of the hip-hop it was good happy positive needed you know but i found out recently that in the original ending the kids wrote that Terrence was going to get shot before he found his way back to success. And their reasoning was because they wanted it to be realistic. They decided, though, to go with hope and to go with education. Because although maybe, maybe endings like that are less common, you know, in somewhere like Austin or somewhere like East Garfield Park, it doesn't mean that they can't happen and it doesn't mean that they don't happen. And one of the best ways to transcend pervasive negative influences is education. Education is how you water the seeds of hope. And when you really start to see and, and really have faith in your potential. Tillman and Acho both got master's degrees as backup plans. And Tillman's actually working for the FBI now. He got that job uh, since we spoke to him. So congrats, shouts to Charles Tillman. That's super sweet. One of Build's core tenets is education. In our Building Futures program, of the number of employment-age youth who got jobs or internships, 93%. The number of kids who graduated with a diploma, 88%. The number of high school graduates enrolled in post-secondary institution, 75%. And even you know, furthermore, in the prevention program, the number of youth who avoided using or abusing addictive substances, 99%. 
the number of youth who avoided gang involvement, 95%, and the number of youth who were promoted to the next grade was 97%. Build worked with over 3,000 kids last year. Those are amazing numbers. And it's not going unnoticed. In the next episode of Build Radio, U.S. Senator Dick Durbin stops by our little studio. And uh, we talk taking big money out of elections, curbing gun violence in Chicago, whatever happened to bipartisanship in the Senate, and why he thinks you shouldn't lose faith in your democracy just yet. Also, next episode, we have writer, artist, scholar, nationally published, daily show featured, best Chicago and voted to follow on Twitter by the reader, like Miles Davis level cool, brilliant, Dr. E viewing. So we hope we'll see you back. And until then, show us some love on social media at Build Chicago, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And we'll be on iTunes soon. So a review or rating would mean so much. And if you want to get involved, there's so much you can do to inspire and teach and further the half century, half century old mission of Build. This isn't just black or white or Latino, you know, this is human. This is human. You know, if not now, when? This is your Chicago. This is your community. We're the instrument for change. We're just looking for some folks who want to make it. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If we really want to end the violence in Chicago, we need to go beyond put the guns down. We need to change the story about what it means to grow up black or brown in Chicago. We need to make the potential of the young people the focus, not just our problems. We need to transform lives to create hope and build futures. We can't do it alone. Invest in our potential. Chicago young people are worth it. Build hope. Build lives and build futures.